Seliger was born in Amarillo, Texas. He was Rolling Stone's chief photographer for 20 years, where he shot over 150 covers. Seliger shoots frequently for Vanity Fair, GQ, Italian Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Elle, and other magazines. His advertising work includes projects for Adidas, Anheuser-Busch, Levi's, Netflix, and Ralph Lauren. Seliger received the Alfred Eisenstadt Award, Clio Grand Prix, Lucy Award, Cannes Lions Grand Prix, The One Show, ASME, SPG, and the Texas Medal of Arts Award. Exhibited in museums and galleries around the world, his photographs are in the permanent collections of the National Portrait Gallery at the Smithsonian, the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston, and the National Portrait Gallery in London. Mark Seliger, welcome to The Creative Thank Process. Thank you. So we're at the Five Senses Festival here. Uh, you were just discussing your book on Christopher Street, uh, Transgender Stories. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of in a contrast to some of your portraits of power and celebrity. And uh, I'd like to speak a little bit about, I know there's the 401 projects. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, why you decide to do these, these, these two poles of your work. Well, I've always done personal work, mm -hmm. even though that's not necessarily what you're recognized for. Mm -hmm. That's the work that's going to be the work you pass on. Right. And so um, my very first book was actually on uh, called When They Came to Take My Father, which was based on Holocaust stories and survivor stories. Mm -hmm. And I've always just loved documentary. It's mm -hmm. really the heart of why I became a photographer. And uh, it just so happened that in the world that I d decided to work in, uh, the other 50% is your commercial work, right. which you try to keep in the same, uh, same theme of thread in terms of portraiture. Uh, it may vary in terms of the way that people receive it, but um, it's equally, you know, both things are, are you know, should be able to pass in the same uh, likeness. Right, and so um, one thing that you said is that you're trying to, well, I guess this is more applying to your your, your glamour portraiture or your... Um, celebrity. Celebrity, yes. Yeah. Um, is that you're trying to present something, get something that no one's gotten. And That's how right. do you do that? With some, we've seen so many times. Well, I think it's, uh, it's all about the idea. Mm -hmm. We start from an idea. So many times when I'm explaining um, process to people, it has nothing to do with technical. Yeah. It has to do with uh, the idea. Mm -hmm. uh, the technical aspect is pretty easy because it's uh, it's um, you know it's arithmetic, it's math. Yes. And um, and then when you come up with a great idea, then you're basing the uh, outcome in terms of the way that you perceive it, preemptively see it, rather than necessarily um, just go out and take the picture. So um, I try to work from an emotional aspect of the way that I think about a photograph, either, you know, through, um, I call it a wink, which is like giving it a sense of life and a sense of humor, or just absolutely just like an emotional response from the, my, my viewer. So we're looking at a lot of, mo we're looking at your book um, now, and the Mark first Seliger part is very, very, very art directed by a great designer by the name of Fred Woodward. Right. 
And so, a lot of multiples. As you as you start through the book, what we do is we group it into multiple exposures, and then as you move through the book, it has very different themes throughout the entire book. Right, and I think that has something to do with the creative process too. There's there's different elements. The Improvised moments, the reflective moments. Happy accident. That yeah. was shot. The picture Brishnikov was shot um, on one piece of film, and uh, the the actual camera shot twice. Uh-huh. And when I got it back, I was upset that the camera shot twice during two great moments. Uh-huh. And then when I got the film back, it was the perfect film. Oh, so that was. I thought it was like we photoshopped in that way, or you did some. That was not Photoshop. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry because I don't. I know you're a real yeah. darkroom guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Photoshop. I don't mean to say that. God. No, it didn't. Don't look. don't don't give me the Photoshop rap. <laughs> no, I don't mean to. But like <laughs> sometimes people are very skillful now that you can't. You're mm-hmm. not sure, right? Um, I should say that it's uh, introduced the, this book by Judd Apatow, and he says something very moving about. Um, well, he says that you're his favorite photographer, and you've worked with him, of course, a number of times, and so the humor things. He's trying to get a discount. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but he said something very moving in that um, when he was speaking about one of the um, poster images um, that for one of his films where he told the story about the humor of the characters, their vulnerability and their fears in one shot. They took a whole movie. To bad. Uh, it was super bad. Yes. Yep. Uh, and that was the first time we worked together. Right. And so, so this goes to the this preparation or the ideas or the many stories that you have that you have to scale it into one moment um, so you do these lists how do, how would those lists work like as you're preparing I... well in research yeah lists are there's two two columns there's mm-hmm. the similarities mm-hmm. and there's the things that there are polar opposites mm-hmm. and those two lists work in the same live in the same world mm-hmm. and whatever um, seems to be the stronger concept is how we narrow things down mm-hmm. and usually it's just one or two things yeah. and uh, it's either taken from a discussion I have with my my subject or it's basically my own creation of getting to know them through the music they make the films they make the books they write the um, the world they live in Mm-hmm. And so I just try to find out something about them mm-hmm. and create a storyline. Right. And some of those very, you know, on the techno side or very basic decisions like about palette, you know, you have this, you know, wonderful, like poetic uh, black and white photography and then you have your color. How are you making those decisions? I know it's different for each one, so maybe we should mention some of the people you've photographed. But Well... I think um, I've always been drawn to a reductive Mm -hmm. style of photography, even though I'm more, uh, I got my early, my humble beginnings really started with color and with Mm -hmm. something that was much more produced. I've always been um, drawn to the idea of the print. Mm -hmm. So process plays the 50% into what I do, whether it's a technical aspect or whether it's making a print. So... If I see something that I think is going to make a beautiful black and white print or a beautiful color print, then it might be very reductive and just really rely on the idea of composition, slight composition, and and tonality. 
-hmm. Or it might be a big concept, which mm -hmm. is colorful or theatrical mm -hmm. or both. Right. And obviously also some of the, the, the magazines or um, the people you work for would have their kind of look as well, like Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone. I don't really, I don't really uh, uh, care that much about what they do. Yeah. I care about what I do. Yeah. And, I, and what I can bring to it. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't get really hooked into the fact of what other photographers do. You have to really create from a original place. And the only way you can do that is by not kind of feeding into what other people are doing, but what you are connected to. So originality is, uh, is a key to, in my opinion, is a key to long a long journey yeah and that also feeds into maybe not even or like su surprising the subject it sounds so weird to call someone a subject the person um, right. no no, uh, no. I yeah. mean it's, it's a session it's a subject yeah. it's uh, uh, you know and everybody is is different I mean you know the the diversity of assignments I get are you know wide mm -hmm. so I might one day go photograph a president yes where you have like five minutes uh -huh. of their time yeah. so you have to be very prepared before mm -hmm. you go in there you can't just like oh I was thinking maybe we'd walk in the rose garden mm -hmm. and uh, there would be some fireworks it's mm -hmm. like you have to be very mm -hmm. you have to be very prepared mm -hmm. in order to be able to do what you want to do which means that you're testing in your studio you're creating like an idea before you go there you can set it up and you can shoot it. Yes, and but you often don't like to tell them the ideas if they're a really big idea. True, true. Um, but I feel like uh, less is more sometimes. Mm -hmm. There is, especially at the time that I was like in the what I call the golden age of, of magazines, you were really uh, uh, dealing with a lot of publicists. You're dealing with teams mm -hmm. of people from. Mm -hmm. A specific artist that you had to give maximum amount of information before they would allow you mm -hmm. to shoot. But I always believed that the real interaction happened when you were with the subject, mm -hmm. and that um, even if you had to massage and mm -hmm. and uh, make somebody happy mm -hmm. from their team, once you got in there and you started really managing the shoot, mm -hmm. anything could go. I know there's something interesting that you said. Well, there's there's so many insights that, you know, students of photography should really listen to. One is, too, I heard that you like to maybe sometimes wear them down. Yes. <laughs> Which seems not sadistic, but it's to get a true, to a true spot or something. Well, when somebody, yeah. when somebody is in a session, there's a moment where they let the guard down. Yeah. And that's a really, uh, that's a, 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 a sense of vulnerability. Yeah. And that is a very, um, that's almost 100% going to happen in a shoot. Mm -hmm. Some people are receptive to being themselves and some people aren't. I think now more people are willing to be authentic. Yeah. The, the other doesn't really work. <laughs> or we've seen too much of that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the amount of time and experience that people want to put into things now is very different from when we used to do it 20 years ago yeah. where people would dedicate days right. for an incredible image. Mm -hmm. Now because the technology has changed and the 
way that people receive information has changed. There's such an immediacy to the way that you're giving people information. Mm -hmm. So um, it's almost going to happen instantaneously. Mm -hmm. So you don't really don't have a lot of time to necessarily um, collaborate no. to spend time shooting. You're really mm -hmm. almost immediately like getting the picture done and out. Okay. Yeah. So, but for you, I understand that they exchange. But I mean, from your work now, I was talking about Christopher Street, and she talked about the transgender uh, yep. stories. Which was That's a very exchange. important, yeah. well, and that was a very important story to tell because I could see the neighborhood changing. Right. So, History. as a document, as a documentary experience, you have to be, you know, pretty aware that that in itself is the uh, the, the the kind of sensitivity of time that. When you see something changing, rather than you know talking about it, you got to go out there and do the whole, do the work. Yeah, you got to go out there and take a picture. I always tell people the worst picture you can ever take is one you don't take, yeah. and that is you know a simple you know philosophy that if you don't go out there and do the work, yeah. then you'll never know. You might think that there's going to be another great snowstorm. You might think there's going to be another great moment where a block is going to have a certain kind of rhythm or a culture is going to have a certain amount of innocence mm -hmm. or a musician is going to be as reluctant or vulnerable or sympathetic that you just have to, like, embrace the moment mm -hmm. and do the work. Right, and you're speaking. I'm thinking about musicians, and I'm thinking about people who have passed. Uh, of course, you've done that. Um, it was used as a memorial for a photograph of Kurt Cobain, or I think about Muhammad Ali. I, I think we should just, if we could, just talk about some of the people you have photographed and what you thought about. You know, what were your lists going in, and what just happened? You know, what what happened in the moment that? Uh, well, Kurt, yeah. we shot. Kurt, we photographed two months before he killed himself. And that in itself was a pretty remarkable moment because when he seemingly was in a good place in his life and I took the opportunity to connect with him. I had worked with him once before and took the opportunity to connect with him from a place of um, honesty there was a vulnerability in his eyes during a couple of the images that we took. Mm -hmm. And then I think the surprise of that photograph and the connection that people had was that there was something, there was a story not necessarily being told mm -hmm. at that time, which was that, you know, there was, there was a melancholy there was like a quietness there was like a, a, an unsettled quietness about him that was still very present and you know I don't want to get too you know demonstrative about process because you never really know what's happening when it's happening you just sort of like as I said you sort of live in the moment when you're working and you create um, an opportunity to do a great picture um, or an interesting photograph and that observation of being in front of somebody or being in that moment really can 
capture an experience. And you, as you said, it's like you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's one of the saddest photographs I have because, you know, I was right there and I could kind of see that there was something that was not quite, you know, predictable. Yeah, that is the saddest when you only have so long and yet the photograph lives forever. And the photograph lives forever. Something a little bit like, I, with some photographs, they are like death, you know? Yeah. With a stillness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and stillness has always been a really important part of the way that I live. Uh-huh. Like my my stillness is very much about the way that I uh, work. Right. Like that kind of quietness and that that moment where I can, you know, offer my subject a moment to reveal. Right, and you have the stillness, and yet you also have this humorous side where you photographed. Funny. Are you photographed funny? Legends? A, I'm Mel a Gemini. Books? What can I tell you? Yes. We have to actually we, leave. Yeah, I'm going to just wind up. So thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. If, if it's possible, because we're supposed to do a new trip, maybe you could do it on the phone because we're going. Yeah. But I just want to thank you for this uh, wonderful body of work, what you've thank given you so much to us, the history you've recorded, and uh, for adding um, your voice to the creative process. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. student attending the University of California, Irvine, pursuing a bachelor's in art with a minor in psychology. With my university encouraging exploration of art mediums, I finally braved photography. The technical aspects of this art form have always been daunting to me. This is why I find Mark's principles of process to be especially inspiring. I resonate with his ideal of starting a shoot with a vision. While taking photos, I find myself searching, stepping towards some inexplicable satisfaction. Having a stronger grasp on my own vision may be the first step to growth as an artist. Encouraging this process breaks down the exclusivity that comes with the perfect shot in photography. I'm thankful for Mark's perspective. It really rewrites the photographer's contribution to their work. Referencing the historic discussion of the relationship between technology and art. Preservation of these ideals holds great significance coming from such an established photographer in the industry. My exploration of photography, Portia Sure, is the most intimidating to me due to intimacy to the subject. Mark mentioned pursuing a wink in a photo, a sense of life and humor. This is such a special, precious element of portraiture that I deeply admire in his work. And after Mark's account of his interaction with Kurt Cobain, I feel inspired to also create this powerful connection between subject, artist, and viewer. There is a prominent barrier between the photographer and the subject where honesty and vulnerability lie. Mark's experiences with his subjects speaks volumes on his understanding of humanity along with his talent as a photographer in communicating this to the public eye. This is precisely what I'm seeking in my own photography. To see a glimpse into what that demands is immensely clarifying for me. 
If you're just joining us, we're talking with photographer Moxie.